Staten the Third with G Moody here live in the BX. We got to talk about this. Guys are now turning to uh, animals for sex in Germany. I guess cats are, you know, steering clear of women because of the uh, Me Too. So I guess they figure, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to fuck with these uh, animals. Bestiality brothels are spreading through Germany faster than ever. Thanks to a law that makes animal porn illegal, but sex with animals legal. It's called zoophilia, like pedophilia. They have some shit out there called zoophilia. Predatory zoophiles is now being seen as a lifestyle choice. And they had an issue in Germany. A farmer in Germany noticed that a section of his flock would run away from any human that came near this section of his flock. So he rigged a camera up in the rafters of his barn and he captured a parade of naked men putting cock to his flock of sheep on a nightly basis. So now the demand has skyrocketed and there are animal brothels popping up and the patronizing customers are saying, yo, this is our lifestyle choice. It's no biggie. And not only that, they even have erotic zoos where you pay an admission to enter. And if you could take that lion's ass, you get a lifelong free admission. So you have guys coming into the erotic zoo and perusing the zoo, looking for animals to wear out and abuse. And some are even pimping these animals. Gives a whole new meaning to the term gorilla pimping. I'm about to show you how my pimp hand is way strong. You're dead wrong if you think the pimping's gonna die. Twelve piece with a hundred holes by my side. Yeah, this is Sunday Third with Jim Woody here. Live in a wet-ass Bronx. It's raining today, but that doesn't stop the podcast from... Being spit out. G Moody, rate review this podcast. Go to Apple Podcasts to do that. And then I think you should support because this shit comes out every Monday. And it's anticipatory. Cats is like, yo, I want to hear what G got to say. So you should go to anchor.fm slash G dash Moody to support. And I think you should. Why not? If you got kids of any age, man, and you're new in the neighborhood or it's your same old neighborhood, yo, Check the zip codes for these sexual predators, these barbarians. They are all around us, man. I remember back in the days when my uh, daughter was born. I wanted to check out if there were any sexual predators around. And I was shocked. I was flabbergasted. These motherfuckers was all around my zip code in the Bronx. So you may be walking down the street and a sexual barbarian predator may be asking you a question. Maybe saying hello, and you might not know that this guy violated a minor. So make sure you canvas your zip code just so you can keep an eye out for these barbarians and ultimately protect your children. Ah, man. Last week, these motherfuckers had a hearing up at Congress, man. And I saw it was a dog and pony show based on the panel that they had discussing such a serious topic. Now, these cats was talking about reparations, 
for the descendants of American slavery. Now, this is a unique, specific group. I'm part of that group. So if your ancestors were enslaved in the American South, this hearing is geared for you. But when I saw that the panel didn't have economists and scholars to really deal with this issue on a serious level, I said, oh, this is some bullshit. You see the athletes and entertainers. That right there lets you know. Now, for me, I wouldn't uh, deal with slavery. I would just eliminate that because people are going to say, oh, cats been enslaved all over the world. What are you talking about? So we eliminate slavery and we just got to take that L. We got to hold that L. We lost. But what did the government do after we were freed? Did they enact policies to ensure that we would be mired in generational poverty? And did those policies negatively affect those black Americans and their descendants? Was the government complicit in keeping these people down and out? That would be an open and shut case. So due to my research acumen, I came across some great quotes that echo my sentiments regarding reparations. So I got to intersperse these quotes throughout today's episode. Here we go. When it comes time to talk about reparations for Japanese Americans, they didn't bring out entertainers and athletes. When it comes down to talk about these other groups and reparations for them, they bring out the academics and the civic leaders. When it comes to talking about serious issues regarding black folks, all of a sudden we get Hill Harper and Steve Harvey and Danny Glover and Ta-Nehisi Coates, and we get some reject from the LA Raiders, some football players and actors, that's what we get. This was done to make the point that when it comes to issues regarding black people, everyone has a right to speak on it, whether they're patently unqualified or not. There's no need to study or to defer to any experts on the issues of reparations, anything pertaining to black folks in a serious vein. We don't need to be dead serious about it. Why any old moron with an opinion, uninformed as it may be, can go ahead and throw in their two cents because issues regarding black people are not to be taken seriously. New York style podcasting, conversational style podcasting done live in Harlem. We got to illustrate this shit right now on some NBA shit. Talking about Kawhi Leonard, NBA Finals MVP of the Toronto Raptors. Homeboy is very indecisive whether he's going to remain in Toronto. So if I'm his agent, I'm looking at this motherfucker on TV like, yo, man, I got to call this dumb motherfucker and let him know that, yo, we in the driver's seat, man. We got the leverage. Mission accomplished. So I would kick it to him like this. I'd be like, yo, in San Antonio, you did your thing, man. You won two chips. You even won the NBA Finals. MVP. Tim Duncan on the team. Manager Ginobili on the team. Tony Park, you still did your thing. Now you get injured. And the team starts to turn on you. They call you a quitter. The coach on some sucker shit, demonizing you. And then ultimately they trade your ass to Toronto, a championship-starved city. And what do you do? Your first year, you bring these motherfuckers a chip. And in the process, you dethroned a potential dynasty in the Golden State Warriors. So if you decide to break out, you think these Canadian fans are going to hold that shit against you? Nah, they're going to be like, yo, he brought us our first championship. 
in the history of basketball in the country of Canada. You'll always be a hero. So if it ain't about astronomical numbers regarding your contract coming from the Toronto Raptors, get out of the fucking press, man. Just talk to the fans and graciously thank the fans and harken back to a Jay-Z song. On to the next one. But in a new city. Yes. Still raining in the BX, but we got to talk about inclusive and how motherfuckers are being exclusive and they don't understand how this is affecting their bottom line. I'm talking about that movie Men in Black. Now, these motherfuckers don't understand the reason for that being the lowest grossing film of their franchise. It's because y'all motherfuckers is too gender specific. You don't realize that you're in a new time. So when you say men in black, you leaving out a lot of motherfuckers, man, who don't identify with that term. It's gender specific. It's exclusive. So if I was on their team, I'd be like, listen, man, this is what we gonna do. The next movie is called Intersectional in Black. I would add all of the letters of the LGBTQIA community, and I just go through each one to include everyone. It's all about money, right? So the next film after that is Transgender in Black, and so forth and so on. You gotta get with the times. <laughs> you go to the judiciary website and they framed their entire little synopsis of today's hearing was framed so as to make sure everybody would have a claim to reparations. This was supposed to be entree for all of these outside groups who ain't had a damn thing to do with slavery in America to claim that, well, they should be able to put in their two cents and they should also have a piece of reparations too. The political policy of excluding black survivors of American slavery from the wealth that we created persists. And it was not done merely in the 1800s, not merely in the 20th century. It persists all the way to the present. Put a name on it. Nobody wants to put a name on it. As if the policy just fell from the sky. And these government policies never stopped. Slavery was a government policy. Jim Crow was a government policy. Segregation was a government policy policy. The 1986 Anti-Drug Abuse Act was and is a government policy. The 94 Crime Bill is a government policy. The government policy was put forward by both political parties. Both of them have our blood on their hands. G. Moody here live in Harlem. I'm in the rain, man, but I'm not in the rain. I'm under a tree, so this equipment does a short circuit on my ass, and I don't short change the listener. I gotta give these illegal immigrants a warning. I'm gonna try to look out for y'all motherfuckers, man. Now you heard in New York State, and you probably got gassed up, that they passed a law saying, yo, illegal immigrants can now obtain driver's licenses. Don't get gassed on that. Stay your ass where you at. You didn't need one thus far. This is a ruse to flush you out as you approach that DMV, you know ICE is around the corner. So you're in another man's country illegally and they say you could get a driver's license. If you believe that and you go out to get one, you're gonna be on the next thing smoking back to where you come from. So here at this, that, and the third with G Moody, we wanna give you a heads up and realize that this is a ruse, this is to flush you out. 
stay underground. And in the words of that great cartoon from Hanna-Barbera, Tom and Jerry. This is Andy Third with G. Moody here live by the West Side Highway. It's a great day today, man. Beautiful sunshine, nice breeze. It's time to talk some shit, man. Check it out. This is a message to all the illegal immigrants lounging out in America. Yo, shit is over, B. Yo, uh, these cats coming after you, man. So on Twitter, I see this woman, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She tweeted, ice raids are expected to start on Sunday in Miami, Atlanta, Chicago, Baltimore, Denver, Houston, Los Angeles, New Orleans, New York City, and San Francisco. If you are in any of these cities, please share this info. You have the right to say that you want to speak to an attorney. You have the right to remain silent. You have the right against unlawful searches by ICE agents. You don't have to sign any document. You don't have to open the door. Yeah, that shit is true for citizens, motherfucker, but if you are an illegal immigrant and you are in another man's country illegally, then you have no fucking rights. What the fuck are you talking about? You are encouraging people to break the law? They telling you you have rights. Be suspicious of that, because you snuck into the country, right? You know you ain't supposed to be in this motherfucker, hence you're hiding. Now, if you have somebody, a congresswoman, telling you that you have rights and you could seek out an attorney. Get the information from me. They're telling you not to open the door. These ICE motherfuckers ain't bullshit, man. They got the full force of the American government behind them. They gave them license to sweep these cities up. I'm telling y'all motherfuckers to lay low. Now, who cares about you? The person telling you you have rights as an illegal immigrant or this brother in Harlem right now telling you, yo, lay low. ICE is coming to sweep shit up. Who really cares? They're disingenuous and it's a political theater for show. Ultimately, they need votes. So they have to act as though they care about you. So your best bet is to lay low like you've been doing and hope that you don't get caught. Now I'm giving you that real shit. All that warning and we have rights like the American citizens. Believe that shit if you want. They're gonna put your ass on a Pan Am flight to wherever you come from. They got them Pan Ams waiting for you in the hangar. They're gonna send you one of them old ass TWA joints. But if you listen to me, and you lay low, and I'm sure y'all motherfuckers got a network where you could just lounge out. This is the time to use it. See, I'm trying to help. This is the third with G Moody giving out advice. The next step is gonna be for the Democrats to pretend to wanna push a reparations study bill. They're using reparations as bait in order to lure us back onto the electoral treadmill that we have been on. The dang treadmill that didn't produce a damn thing in 150 years. So the goal is to use the promise of a discussion for reparations as a carrot. 
it's all one big political distraction. Vote Democrat and we'll talk about talking about reparations. Nigga, please, food stamps and free cheese can't be the cure for a sick disease. Just the way the devil had planned it. Raped and pillaged everyone on the planet and give them fake gods at odds with all law. Love Diana Mia. G. Moody, live in Harlem right now, delivering this podcast with an excruciating toothache. The pain is reverberating all around my skull and jawline. But as you can hear, the diction is still crisp. The golden baritone is echoing, delivering great content so you can be content as you listen to this five-star podcast, which is the pyramid of podcasting, and the rest is on some Stonehenge bullshit. But as we continue on, we want to make sure that you rate and review such a podcast. It's called This, That, and the Third with yours truly, G. Moody. Go to Apple Podcasts to review it. And after you review it and rate it, pass that shit on to your friends and let motherfuckers know what time it is. And you should throw your support behind such a podcast. Why? Because it's New York style podcasting. It's done in the street all the time. Nobody else rocks like me. And it's done in a conversational way, as if you and I are walking down the street talking about shit that went on in the world, in the city, in your city. So why wouldn't you support such a podcast? And if you want to support this podcast, go to anchor.fm slash G dash Moody. Check it. How we get into it right now, I'm going to illustrate it beautifully for the newcomers. And also, as I walk around Harlem, I see a lot of these are African immigrants. They're kids, first generation kids trying to assimilate into uh, American culture and, of course, black American culture. But some of these motherfuckers don't know who not to hang out with because you just came here from Africa. So I've seen some kids doing gang signs. Now this clearly was an African kid because Africans and black Americans have different features and you could kind of tell an American from an African born kid. So I see this motherfucker doing gang signs. I'm like, I know his parents can't tell this motherfucker who not to hang out with who not to associate with, you would have to learn on your own. But damn, doing gang sounds, you don't know what the fuck you getting into, man. Hopefully, somebody could pull his coat and be like, yo, you want to assimilate, that's cool, but that group over there, historically, prison is always at the end of the line for these motherfuckers. So maybe you should think again. And today's non-hearing it could never achieve anything because it wasn't focused worth a damn. A substantive hearing, such as it was, would have been about only two things. One, tracking the racist policies spearheaded by the U.S. all the way to the present and putting names on it. Make people take responsibility for it. From Thomas Jefferson to Joe Biden, Democrats say to vote for them because they're sympathetic to us, more so than those Republicans and black folks vote for them without even being told what the hell we're gonna get. And when after the election we ask for things and the Democrats tell us they can't do it because they have to think about getting reelected. Well, it, you see, we don't wanna get voted out in the next election because that would just undo all of our hard work that we're doing for everyone except for black folks. Now, in the Dominican Republic, you know, a lot of bullshit is going on, man. Cats have been dying after consuming 
the liquor in those mini bars. I've done that shit mad times. I went to the Dominican Republic. You know, after you lounging on the beach, lounging by the pool, you come home, you mad tired, you open up that mini bar and you pour yourself a little nightcap, a little drink. You don't think nothing of it. But these cats got bootleg liquor in these mini bars. So tourists have done the same thing I've just spoken about. But they have died and some have come down with uh, stomach ailments. So for me, I thought if I purchased a fucking ticket a year ago and this shit is happening now, would I still go to the Dominican Republic's resorts? Fuck yeah. BYOB, bring your own liquor. So if my crew goes along with me, everybody's bringing their own liquor to evade potential disaster and ensure that we go back home alive because I want to have a good time. And now that I know what the cause of it is, oh, then we know to bring our own ENJ, our own Stoli, our own Ciroc, and still enjoy the great country of the Dominican Republic. Get that shit fixed, and until you get it fixed, I'm gonna bring my own liquor and enjoy my vacation. Now I'm sitting in Harlem right now. I'm watching the, watching the kids play ball. Somebody just threw something out the fucking window. I'm standing by the projects, hope I don't get pelted. I'm standing by the park. I'm watching these kids play basketball. Now it's Sunday, brings me back to when I grew up in Brooklyn. We had mad games. I wanna shout my moms out for allowing me to be independent at the age of 12 and 13. So if I had games in the Bronx at like 9 a.m., 10 a.m., I would get on the subway and go to the Bronx to play my game. And if I had another game in Brooklyn in the afternoon, I'm back in BK, so I was all over the city. So seeing these young cats play ball just brings me back to the time when I grew up and that was a good time. Motherfuckers didn't have no phones. We were outside playing a rite of passage. You come outside, you have fights with people. They become your friends. You don't execute motherfuckers. You have fights, play games, enjoy your childhood. Okay, G. Moody here, live in Harlem, sitting down, about to get some grub on. The podcast is coming to an end. The toothache is dictating what's happening. There's no more talking. This toothache is coming back hard, but I want to leave you motherfuckers with this. There's an apartment in Brooklyn, and it was owned or lived in by the great Biggie Smalls, and he rapped about it on a song called Juicy. That one-room shack that he rapped about is now going for $5,000 per month in a gentrified Brooklyn on St. James Place. So if you're in the neighborhood and you need an apartment, you could get Biggie Smalls, one-room shack for 5,000 bucks. After paying that, your moms will not be able to uh, pimp the ACK, the Acura legend is what he was speaking of. After you pay that monthly rent, there is no accurate legend, there is nothing. You may not even have food. $5,000 per month in a gentrified Brooklyn. That's just rent, that's not even utilities. Where's it going? I tell you where this podcast is going. We are about to close it out because I feel 
the reverberation of the tooth telling me, stop, nigga. The 